0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome to Intercepted for Acme Packing Company. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Mark Schofield, a new hire for SBNation.com. How are you doing, Mark? I, I'm doing well, Justice. It's great to be here. I was actually thinking
2: when you reached out, we've known each other for like almost 10 years now. This is the first show we've ever done.
1: Oh, I think so. This is the yeah. first
2: show we've ever done together. We've hung out, we've had drinks, we've been down our Vets. I was like, going to you know, say beers. Like chuckleheads. Yeah. We, this is our first show, so I'm excited to be here, buddy. I wish it was under different circumstances, because you're going to make me talk about Mac Jones. You're going to make me talk about life after Tom Brady. You're going to make me talk about some things that are painful, but I'm still excited to be here. That's how much I like you, buddy.
1: It's great to hear. I love you, Mark. Uh, great hang. I can't remember if you were with us at Vets in Mobile, Alabama Senior Bowl week when we almost got kicked out for cheering a uh, Wyoming Nevada basketball game. I was there. On. I was yeah. there.
2: The timeline was there. And I remember joking because you were paying attention to it. The rest of us were kind of watching. I'm like, something tells me justice has an interest in this game.
1: It was like then, three of us at the table were just like, we have nothing. And then do we, do. we all sort of on got, west game.
2: Yeah. And then we all sort of got invested to it because you were invested. So we were like, all right, let's go. Yeah, those those are the good times, and those are like the Wednesday, Thursday nights at Vines, right? Yeah, like everybody's there Monday and Tuesday. The real ones are still there Wednesday and Thursday.
1: Yeah, by the time if if you haven't gone to the Senior Bowl or anything like that, um, usually the NFL people get the hell out of there within two days. Yeah, the like first Wednesday two days, everyone's
2: there. They're gone. Yeah,
1: yeah, but then they just they fly. I mean, they have to do a bunch of stuff. They, I mean, they're out there drinking stuff yeah, too they're uh, there too i mean that's why you see about to and about Monday so. night.
2: yeah yeah <laughs> get to mobile yeah. if you can kids it's it's a good time
1: it's fun um you mentioned it already i mean let's start with matt jones i mean that's kind of the story of the game it feels like to me i mean the packers they opened up at nine and a half point favorites it got up to ten and a half there's only been one game that's cracked 11 points this season um I feel like a lot of that is a reaction to like Mac Jones, the high ankle sprain. You know, we had the the videos from uh, Greg Bedard or not videos, but photos from Greg Bedard after the game saying like he's in so much pain that like his teammates are carrying him down the steps to the locker room. He's yep. screaming. Then you see the photos and it's like, he's visibly screaming. I mean, yeah, looks super painful. Um, the Packers recently put linebacker, uh, Chris, Chris Barnes um, on the injury reserve for a high ankle sprain. The Patriots just like have not ruled out Mac Jones. We've seen reports come out, right? That like Mac Jones is willing to sit out two months and not have a surgery and stuff like that. And the team and him haven't necessarily seen eye to eye on like a recovery plan, but the Patriots are still like not totally ruling him out from playing on Sunday, which seems crazy. He There's no way he plays, right? I can't, I can't just, I can't
2: imagine he goes, I mean, especially when you see him hop off the field to the locker room, the like Paul Pierce moment where you've got teammates like carrying him into the locker room. He's clearly in visible pain. Don't click on any videos though. If you, you see them on the timeline, because you're going to get caught by some other sounds. Let's just put it that way. Cause I almost did that the other day on Twitter. And I was like, Ooh, I got to be smarter here, but I don't think he plays like, The interesting part, though, is that you've you're talking about some of the reports that I've seen, too, which are he's willing to sort of sit out and take the time he needs to recover from this. But the team is sort of pushing him like, hey, we're going to take this day by day. Bill Belichick, I think 12 times from the podium on Wednesday, used the phrase day to day, day to day, day to day. It was like vintage Bill Belichick performance because then he was asked about, does he have a high ankle sprain? He's like, do I look like an orthopedic surgeon? Do you think I'm gonna read the MRIs? Like it was like a vintage Bill Belichick mad at the world performance that brought to mind the sort of we're on to Cincinnati game. And now he didn't practice Wednesday, wasn't spotted at the start of practice on Thursday. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. But they're still saying that it's possible that he could play. You know, there's tweets out from Schefter and others that it's possible that he could play, even though in early in the week it was this is a severe ankle, high ankle sprain that might require the sort of tightrope surgery that Tua had. So Sitting here on Thursday, I can't imagine he plays, but Belichick seems to at least be keeping that door open. Now, is this just Belichick saying, Yeah, I'm going to be coy about it. So the Packers have to think about maybe Mac, maybe Brian Hoyer, maybe. But I don't think that like playing gamesmanship with the Mac Jones versus Brian Hoyer decision is really going to change what Green Bay or any other defense is going to do. Like, you're going to get ready for the same sort of offense play action crossers shot plays along the sideline the game plan will be largely the same for both quarterbacks so it's not like a situation where it's like cam newton versus mac jones where it would be wildly different so i don't think he goes i think this is just belichick being belichick he's going to play as close to the vest as he can until the inactive active list
1: has to come out at like
2: 2 30 in the afternoon on the east coast sunday
1: yeah i just can't imagine i can't imagine that he's ready to go um, no
2: and you watch the video of the hit, even stripping away the silliness of getting carried to the locker room. And stuff. it's a bad looking injury. Like yeah. to imagine that he's going to come back from that and not only play on Sunday, but travel on the road, like, which sort of condenses your recovery time. You got to move around a little bit and things like that, that he's going to come back and be ready for a game Sunday afternoon. Can't, can't see it happen.
1: So what does Brian Hoyer brings at the table? Like confidence level? What's what's the difference between Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer at this point?
2: I mean, with Brian, like the confidence level of this game goes from like a five to a three. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't exactly confident about this game coming in because New England has questions they have to sort of answer, even with Mac Jones in the lineup. I think that confidence level certainly dips. Last time we saw him, it was a strange set of circumstances, but that COVID game in 2020 when they were supposed to play on Sunday and then Cam Newton test positive for COVID over the weekend, a bunch of other players test positive. So they move into Monday night, they fly out that day. And he goes like, I think 16 at 25 for one thirty in a pick, like it's not going to be an explosive offense. You're going to see probably even more of a lean into the running game. You know, we could talk about what they've done schematically in the run game if you want, but you know, it's going to be a heavy sort of ball control shot plays down the field here and there all almost exclusively to the boundaries. They're really not going to trust them to attack the middle of the field. So it's basically like, it's going to be like an even more watered down version of facing Russell Wilson, like defend outside the numbers, stop the run, stop short passes. You're probably going to be fine.
1: So that's one of the things Packers fans probably aren't super happy about is the fact that green Bay is playing such soft coverages right now, like, uh, against Tampa, um, a lot of cover four, right. A lot of quarters. Um, when they played man, it's not like they're pressing anyone. It's like a lot of yeah, it's one man. one hole yeah. off. Yeah, so a lot of Packers' say it's, we're pretty bad about that last drive Tom Brady had, right? Just being able yeah. to think and duck down the field. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they kind of change it up because if if that's what they're supposed if there's to a stop. week to
2: change it up. This is yeah. the week to do it, right? Like, yeah. it, it, I think it's one of those situations where if you're the Packers, you kind of say, "Look, if Brian Hoyer beats us by like." attacking tight man coverage and attacking windows then like credit to him but if he <laughs> beats us because we're in quarters we're playing off coverage and we're giving him five yard hitch routes when he stops to throw that's kind of an us problem right yeah that's like, blogger fuel
1: right there yeah that's blogger feel
2: right that'll get, right. get
1: us through a week
2: yeah, no, I mean, that's Monday morning, like, everybody's going to be screaming and yelling about us. Like, I don't know if I keep my job if I'm Barry, if I'm giving up five-yard hitch routes with
1: off-soft coverage all night long to Brian Hoyer. Yeah, and it's it's weird, too, because I thought Nixon played okay coming off the slot. Um, Russell Douglas played really well in the boundary when, when uh, Jair Alexander went down. They really don't have any injuries on the defensive side right now. Um, Jair Alexander is obviously dealing with a groin injury, but he's been at practice back-to-back days. So that's, you know, he's probably going to play on Sunday. Um, or Offensively, though, the run game. I want to talk about that because that seems like the one way kind of New England's like really able to move the ball right now. And New England's always had a super diverse run game, like, they ran wham and like all that stuff when no one else was doing it, which is basically like trap with the tight end. Um, Have they really, have they figured it out? Jonu Smith yet? Cause they made a big deal no, signing they, Hunter Henry and Jonu. This is and the strangest like never thing. Figured it out. And I'm so
2: glad you brought this up. This is kind of one of the strangest things. Cause they're still trying to figure out their personnel packages. Now we heard all summer, look, it's going to be outside zone. It's going to be wide zone. It's like McVay Shanahan style offense. And yeah, they ran outside zone like nine times in week one. And they've run it three times since then they've immediately sort of switched the flip flipped the switch. They just, Can it. and look, it was bad. All, all training camp. Like people that were up there, people that were at practices would tell me like I've seen pop Warner teams that are better at this than the Patriots are <laughs> right now. Like they would look justice. It was, it was like nightmare fuel all summer long. And then you saw, you know, preseason games against the Raiders and others, like they were struggling with this, even though, like you said, they are a very diverse run team. Like, You dig up their playbooks. It's not like suddenly they've installed outside zone for the first time. Like they've been running it for years. It's just, it wasn't an emphasis. And then in the first week plays, you would chart as gap or power zero against Miami 15 since then, second, most in the league season long, just running it in two games. Like they've really sort of scrapped the outside zone stuff and gone to the sort of inside. zone. So the interesting thing though, is how they're doing it because they're this heavy 11 personnel team right now, but they're using Jordan Humphrey as that third wide receiver, who's basically they're turning him into a pseudo tight end,
1: mm-hmm. and they're
2: not playing Hunter Henry or John o. smith when they're doing this. It's like you're taking this guy that's a bigger body wide receiver to use him as a de facto tight end when you've just broken the bank two years ago for Hunter Henry and John O'Smith. In the first half against Baltimore, when Baltimore saw that they would stay in, you know, you know, Nickel and Dime personnel against it. In the second half, they got out of that. They ran more 3-4 fronts because they're like, look, they're just using this dude as a tight end. Like we got to treat him as a tight end. So, yeah. you know, that might be something to watch not just this week but beyond. Like, okay, if teams are going to use him as a tight end and you're not going to really throw to him, he's a very good blocker and they they were able to get teams like Baltimore into lighter fronts and then run against them. But it's one thing when he's blocking corners and safeties. It's another when he's taking on linebackers.
1: Yeah. That's something Green Bay has really done the past couple of years with Alan Lazard, and you're starting yeah. to see it more and more with other teams, and they're not unique in that. You know, people always bring up, like, Chris Godwin is another example right. of that, but, like, Skoronic with the Rams right now is playing fullback. Yeah, that's, playing full that's, back. that's
2: next. That's, that's galaxy-grade stuff. I mean, yeah. it's one thing like the evolution of the big slot, right? Like Robert Mays wrote about it and others like the slot guys used to look like my size, but now they don't like they're mm-hmm. bigger, more physical guys. You know, obviously like the Cooper cup role, which is one, but to take Scronic and can put him in as a fullback. Like that's next level stuff.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to see. And I guess I'm going to hold this. Cause I'm, I'll talk about the Packers pony package in a little bit um, when we flip to the other side of the ball, but yeah, you got to be a little bit more diverse with the, uh, kind of how you deploy your guys last thing yeah, I want to I mean, talk it's, about oh, it's, it's
2: like the the Bengals thing right like Solak wrote about yeah. it like if, if you're so predictable like that you're just telegraphing wildly whether it's formation or personnel wise what you're doing it doesn't take a long for teams to figure that out they've got some you know they've got some quality control assistant that's just sitting in front of a computer he's like look these are the numbers like they don't lie. yeah if he's in shotgun they're throwing football it's the same thing with New England right now yes it's 11 personnel but it's really a 12 personnel package with one of the two highly priced tight ends on the sideline.
1: Yeah. Talk to me about the light at the end of the tunnel. Cause it's coming for us. It's coming for us at some yeah. point, Aaron Rodgers is going to retire at some yep. point. It's not going to be Brett Favre. Who's having a hell of a month. He's having the really a summer, past huh? couple of years actually is what it seems yeah. like. Um, or Aaron Rodgers, you know, under center for green Bay. We've, we've, You guys have taken a swing at a first-round quarterback. We've taken a swing at a first-round quarterback. Tell me what it's like when when Brady's no longer there because we're about to get that with Rodgers. It's an
2: adjustment. It's an adjustment because the thing about Brady, similar with Rodgers, when you have a quarterback like that, they can fix the problems. Like roster construction problems, they can fix it, right? New England can't figure out outside wide receivers to save their lives, right? Like, yeah, they traded for Randy Moss, okay what does that show that they can do at the a wide receivers? Like Randy Watts was good. Like anybody could have figured that out. <laughs> Drafted a wide receiver on the outside though, different story, right? Nikhil Harry, the most recent example of that. And so when you have Tom Brady, you could sweat and miss a wide receiver and then figure it out along the way. He's going to make you better, even though you're doing that and missing wide receiver. If you miss at other positions, if you struggle to put together a competent defense He'll put 45 points on the board if he has to. Like he could figure out it's the same thing with the Rogers. When you remove that, and you're suddenly in a position where you're trying to figure out the quarterback position via a first round draft pick that's now only a second season or a first round draft pick that got to sit and wait a little bit. Now he's taken over, the error band is so much smaller. Like you have to get all the other things that you could miss on in the past. You have to get those right now. And if you don't, now you're in a position where you're hoping that the guy you just handed the keys to can figure it out a lot faster than you would have needed them to had you gotten those things. Right. And so it it gives you like in a game that is so hard in a league where it's so hard to win anyway, that margin for error is so small now. And, you know, with new England this week, now with Mac Jones potentially out, it's even smaller. And so it's, it's a new world that the Patriots fans are living in right now, where, you know, you used to expect, Hey, the phrase in new England was as long as they get 12 and bill they got a shot as long as they get 12 and bill they got a shot they don't have 12 anymore and now you're here you're even seeing people say the bills on the hot seat as a result it changes (laughs) fast my friend and so you know one of my favorite bits on twitter is your matt lafleur winning percentage bit (laughs) yes like i love it every time you put it up to see like earnest patriots fans getting mad about it It's, it's so great it comes into question though when 12 is gone like it 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 changes in a hurry. It's changed fast in New England. And Bill, the general manager, was probably in the hot seat anyway. But now Bill, the coach, is even on the hot seat in some some corners of Patriots fan world.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's really ever been good at the draft. No, never. Yeah, like, I don't. <laughs> You look at some of the picks that they've got right. Like, people
2: will point to instantly Brady at 199. How many times did they pass on? Like, it, it, and they yeah. had a scout in Belichick's ear saying this guy's good. You should draft him. You should draft him. And they kept passing on him. Like even some of the hits that they've had now, look, some of the hit guys that they've drafted recently, like Cole strange, like he's been solid, like it was probably still earlier than they should have drafted him, but he's been solid. Tyquan Thornton before the injury looked like he was going to be okay, but they always took some swings in the draft through their process. And some of the best work they did was, NFL free agency and the, the pro scouting yeah. side, like spot on a guy like Kyle Van Noy, like, oh, he's not being used in the right role. We'll use him in a much better role when he's here with us. Like, that's where they were able to sort of solve some of their roster construction problems. But draft wise, Belichick has his methods. They have their methods. It's always sort of left us sort of scratching our head and looking at a reefs consensus board and being like, I didn't have this guy in the first 10 pages and you just drafted him in the third round. Okay. Let's see how it goes
1: yeah that's a good point about the pro personnel side like i I think they've always been really strong there um yeah but draft wise just didn't make sense is is he really on the hot seat how many years can he go because this is year three right i mean this is basically third year third offense post brady how how many years when you win
2: what six titles i think that leash is still pretty long i mean i can't I can't imagine a scenario sitting here right now where Kraft is going to walk into his office and say look you got to go man and, and like force him out. Like I can't imagine that scenario right now. But the if there is what if Jones doesn't pan out? Like mm-hmm. you take the first round quarterback and you miss on that, how much how many people get a crack at a second one? I mean Matt Nagy did, didn't last too long. I mean I would think Belichick would get a crack at a second one. I don't know if he'd get a crack at a third one, because at that point he might just throw up his hands and say, look, you know what, Steve, it's your team now. I'm going to go coach high school lacrosse and wear them out.
1: How do you guys feel about Steve?
2: I mean, we like Steve. I mean, he's fun. Um, You know, I think, interestingly enough, as all of the attention is being paid paid to the offense, the defense is slowly figuring some things out. Um, There was an anticipation it was going to be more of a zone coverage heavy defense when you looked at some of the personnel that they added, particularly in the cornerback room. That, oh, they're they're going to be zone heavy. They've been man heavy still. I mean, I I promised myself I would refer to it properly with you. They've been a man free team for years. You know, Mm -hmm. Belichick views man free cover one as God's coverage, and they've leaned back into that. Kick Jonathan Jones outside. He's been pretty good on the boundary. They got Dietrich Wise coming off the edge. So, with him and Judon, they actually have a tandem of pass rushers that can be productive. They've blitzed at times. They've brought some pressure at times, some sim pressure stuff, some creative blitz looks. And so, between Stephen Mayo, like there's excitement about what they have on the defensive ball. It's just this is an offensive league. This is a passing league. As excited as you can get at times about what they're starting to build on the defensive side of things, it all comes back to the quarterback. It all comes back to the passing game. And, you know, there was some excitement about what they did throwing the ball early against Baltimore. And then you get two head-scratching interceptions and a third on the final play of the game and an injured quarterback. And the excitement on the defense fades away pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. Before we get into the other side of the offensive league, let's take a break and uh, pay some bills. And we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. All right. So we just talked about the Patriots defense. You mentioned Jonathan Jones. He's a guy who's really stood out, like, from a numbers perspective this year. And I thought that that was really interesting because he's he's not a spring chicken. I actually thought when people brought up Jonathan Jones, I thought they were talking about Jack Jones, the yeah. rookie from Arizona right. State. And, no, it's Jonathan Jones. He's having a great season. Um, he's a 29-year-old, you know, smaller corner. So is Jack Jones for whatever that's worth. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of match up versus this Green Bay offense. You know, the wide receivers are still a little banged up. Um, You know, obviously Sammy Watson, Sammy Watkins um, is on injured reserve. Christian Watson missed last game with a hamstring injury. He's limited in practice right now, but he is practicing. Um, Unlike, you know, last week, I think he missed two practices. So there's a chance he plays. He's kind of there. Deep speed, lateral threat. I mean, I don't think they ran jet motion at all against Tampa, which is probably the game you want to run jet motion against because yeah. they're going to be in so much damn man. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how these wide receivers match up against these corners, especially if they're going to keep playing, you know, man-free. Cover one is what what it's mostly called, right? Um, man-free is kind of like – there's really two ways to run cover one, right? I mean, there's one right. hole, which is like, you know, you're sending – four rushing and then there's a guy in the middle of the field like a linebacker who's kind of playing that short middle of the field zone like in front of the ball and then uh you have the deep zone behind him from one of the safeties and then there's just straight up man free which is usually a five-man pressure in some way and there's just not that whole player you know kind of in in the shallow zone so if they need a beat man it's going to be interesting because that's what green Bay struggled with at the second half of the tampa game until they got that shot play down the sideline to alan lazard on the slot thing right
2: yeah and you know it's, what's interesting about jonathan jones is you know he's, he's moved about the outside this year it was kind of something that we could see coming in a way you know with, with all the decisions they made about you know corners from gilmore jc jackson when they would face in recent years kansas city when they would face tyree kill it would be jonathan jones that got that assignment like Belichick trusted Jonathan Jones on Tyreek Hill, which I think sort of speaks volumes. Um, you know, schematically in the secondary, look, they they used a little more zone last week. I, I think part of that was the Lamar factor. Like you want to keep eyes on them. You know, they opened the gaming quarters. Like they, they played a lot more zone, you know, against Tua in week one. It was a lot more sort of man coverage. I mean, I talked about the defensive front with Dietrich with Dietrich Wise, Matthew Juneau, I talked about the secondary Second level of the defense has always sort of been a question mark, which gets us into sort of the different ways you can run, you know, single high coverage, you know, with Bentley, you know, they've used him as sometimes that underneath hole defender at times. Sometimes they've done it with spinning a safety down, but matchups in the secondary. That's always something people love to think about with Belichick. Like, how is he going to scheme up with guys? You know, I think whoever if Watson can go, I probably think you are going to see Jonathan Jones on him. Like, I think that's probably where they go, where they go, man coverage, whether it's, you know, whichever variety of it that they're doing, but, It's going to be interesting to see how they match up. It's always fun to see how Belichick sort of tinkers with matchups in the secondary.
1: Yeah. And we just got a big breakout game from Dobbs. So I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, Dobbs is a guy, right? Um, Romeo Dobbs, a wide receiver from Nevada. He had a great camp. Everyone couldn't stop talking about him in camp. We got into the preseason. We started to see a a couple of drops, right? And then he was kind of there to – He was getting a lot of snaps because the wide receiver room wasn't necessarily fully healthy. And like Alan Lazard didn't report until like the very last minute because he's on a, he's on a, uh, restricted free agent tender. And he's like, I'm not super happy that I'm only getting paid like $2 million this season. Um, so we had all that happen. And on paper, it looked nice where it was like, yeah, I mean, Dobbs looks like he's going to be a good football player, but he's fourth on the depth chart. Well, when Watkins and Watson are now out and Alan Lazard's having to do all that dirty work as a
2: pseudo
1: tight end Dobbs then, you know, opens up and and becomes, you know, a a game maker for them really is what it was last week against the Buccaneers. So it'll be interesting to see like, what does the offense look like when Watson is now out there too, because they didn't have that last week. Um, The most frustrating thing about this Packers offense is their pony package. And we've talked about, I, I teased this earlier. So their pony is usually what West Coast guys call a two-back offense, right, um, in terms of the personnel. So it's getting A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones on the field, which theory, it's not a bad idea, right? If you want to get your right. best skill players out on the field, that's the way to do it. The problem is they just run split-back gun, and most of it, I think it's 22 out of 28 plays out of their pony package this year, which is already more than they played last season, Um has been split back gun. So it's getting into getting out of staying in split back guns. You'll think about it as like uh, one of the backs on either side of Aaron Rodgers and the shotgun. What ends up happening is they bubble one of them. The other one stays and it's just like a bubble RPO. Yeah. It's like 60% of the time they're running a, a bubble RPO out of the set. And to your point where we were talking about tendencies and stuff like that, right. Tampa was calling beaters. Legit beaters to stop that play. So, this is a team that already is saying, like, hey, when those two are out on the field, they do this. This is what we call to stop it. And they took it away from Green Bay, really. I mean, what they're trying to do is get Aaron Rodgers to keep the ball and run it. You can't give that to the defense. You can't let the defense no. decide a 38 year old quarterback is running the ball here. It's unfair to everyone on the field. I think the Packers and their split back gun pony stuff are averaging like 2.6 yards per per uh, play, not even per carry over the season. It's getting really frustrating to watch this offense kind of sputter. And I'm excited to see kind of, I mean, that's one of the benefits of going against Bo Belichick, right? Is you almost get like an evaluation of what your offense is. I mean, from a Packers perspective, kind of a, a weaker new England team is kind of great in week four of the season where it's like, okay, You get to tell me what you think of my team. And then I get to use that information moving forward. And I really don't have to worry about losing because Brian Hoyer is your starting quarterback. Yeah, It's kind of a blessing.
2: It's like like a little science experiment for LaFleur this week because you get to tinker with some of the stuff you're doing conceptually. As you talk, I sort of pulled up some of the, the Dylan and Jones stuff and seen exactly what you're saying. like. There's so many more creative ways you could use this personnel package other than the way they're using it right now. This is a great week to test some of that stuff, you know, because maybe, you know, you try something, you end up going three and out as a result because it doesn't work. Okay. Is Brian Hoyer going to really burn you on the next possession? Probably not. Like you can test yourself against what Bill Belichick might do and how he might respond to when you go pony or when you go pony and suddenly you've got you know, Jones flexed out in sort of a stack slot. Like how are you going to, how does Belichick respond to that? Okay. Well, now you can see what he does against it. You can apply that, how he, you know, what they check into on down the line. And so it's a great time if you're a green Bay to get this game, you know, because you get to tinker with things, you get to test yourself against Belichick. It's sort of the perfect measure and stick game in week four of the NFL season, which is sort of that first measure and stick moment of every team. It's all right. Now we've had our first four games. This is what we do well. This is what we don't do well. You're getting that against Bill Belichick at home with Brian Hoyer at the helm. Like, what could be better?
1: Right. And, yeah, I mean, to your point, right, like the Hayden Jones out there and stuff like that, like, I wouldn't be opposed to, I mean, you were talking about how they're using Lil Jordan Humphrey, you know, as a tight end. Like, what if, like, get A.J. Dillon out there doing some of that stuff? He's got the body for it, certainly. I mean, they've given him a couple fullback snaps. In the past but like that's what you have to do to keep teams honest like do it. the phrase
2: we hear all the time right it's a matchup based league well okay you've got guys with different body types the guys that are like running backs but they could do different things like try to create some matchups try to create some mismatches like use them differently to sort of give a difference like you said different looks like you know, again, if, if you come out and you're defensive coordinator, if you're Bill Belichick, Steve Belichick this week, and you see Pawnee, right now you're thinking, oh, this is what they're going to do. Like, this is what they've done all well, your own. Know, show them something different. Give them one thing to think about on Sunday, but then every other team you're going to face down the road, one more thing they have to think about the week before they play the Packers. Like, with all the limited practice time, if you're as an offensive coordinator, aren't making teams think about 16 different things before the week they play you, you're not doing your job.
1: Yeah. And the way Green Bay does it a lot, too, is they do it out of 21 personnel, which is two back, yeah. one tight end. Um, and Tampa was fitting a run. I mean, again, calling beaters to specifically beat that zone bubble with a nickel front, right? So you're down a body in the box. You got yeah. five DBs on the field. And they're playing too high out of it. And they're not spinning out of it either. So they're doing no, they're this thinning. with all super light boxes. I mean, if you're going to get that at that point, that's when you got to say, okay, you want to put a nickel on the field and play too high. I'm going to play that. I'm going to make that nickel play Sam linebacker. Yeah. To the strong side with AJ Dillon and Mercedes Lewis blocking. Yeah. I got to make you pay that, for this.
2: That's your dream scenario as an offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. Like we're in 21. They're playing nickel, keeping that second safety deep. And they're playing us basically with such a light box with all these gaps to account for. And we've got big bodies that can block in the run game. Like, yeah make that, make them get out of it. Right. And then when they finally get out of it, now you've got, if you've got a healthy Watson, if you've got the guys on the boundary, that's your time to take the deep shot. Like that's the world we're living in. Right.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I see, I saw, what was it? Points are down about a five point average so far this season compared to last year across the board. And I, I, I think it was the NFL ops people. put it out and they kind of put like the reasoning behind it and it's just teams are sitting in too high that's it
2: just basically sitting in too high and they're just telling opposing offensive coordinators, opposing quarterbacks like maintain a 10 play drive 12 play drive
1: 14 play drive drive against us like these games feel shorter i will say that's one benefit they're they're going by pretty for us right
2: (laughs) like sunday night i was in bed before 1 a.m after that football game between the Niners. <laughs> Quote-unquote football niners. game. Yeah, exactly. It was technically a game. But no, that's right. Like teams are just sitting in too high and they're basically saying, look, beat us down the field. And they, they're, if you run the ball, they're like, we're fine. It's like, I always think of the huddle 21 blitz during COVID when Coach Vass had like Kogan and a bunch of defensive coordinators from high school and they were talking about, you know, RPOs and defender RPOs. And to a man, they were just like, we're going to force that quarterback to hand the ball off. Like, yeah. This is high school, like, but that's what they're doing because even at the high school level, passing is more efficient. And so they're just going to dare teams now to they'll stay in too high, dare them to run the ball because they know the second, once they spin that down, like we've seen from Buffalo and other teams, once they spin that down a single high, they're throwing up tall. Like, yeah. so they will sit in too high all game long if they can.
1: Yeah. The quarterbacks have just gotten too good. Um, yeah. Offensive line wise, Green Bay Packers seems like they're going to have their fully healthy group back who knows if David Bakhtiari or I guess not fully healthy but preferred starters back um, who knows if David Bakhtiari is going to do the rotating thing like he did last week um, yeah. they rotated him series by series with Josh nyman it seemed like the way LaFleur explained it was like the weather was super a factor in that decision just being down in Tampa all that yeah. heat. he made it a point many times throughout the week to basically say like There's no way to replicate that, so I wasn't comfortable just, like, okaying it. Um, So it'll probably be Bakhtiari, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, uh, Royce Newman, who looked better at right guard than he did at right tackle, which is not surprising, and then Elton Jenkins. But neither of the tackles looked fully healthy. Um, Definitely not their best games. Like, Bakhtiari seems like he's favoring that left leg still. He's holding a ton of weight on that right leg. It'll be interesting to see if that – is just Bach now, or if he gets more comfortable moving forward, Ellen Jenkins has kind of had so a pretty relatively, a pretty rough go of it at right tackle relative to like how good of a football player he is. Cause I, I mean, he's a pro bowler. He probably should have been an all pro at some point. He's going to yeah. be a, a top 15 paid offensive lineman in the league, no matter what position he gets paid to play. Um So your pass rushers, Matthew Judon, Dietrich Wise, Josh Uche. Is is this where pass rushers go to die? I look at, like, Uche, and I'm like, I really liked Uche coming out. And then I remember I'm like, Derek Rivers. I really like Derek Rivers coming out. Oh, Winovich. I really like Winovich coming out. Yeah, it it does sort of feel that way. It does
2: sort of feel that way, Justice. I mean, interestingly enough, though, like, Dietrich Wise has sort of carved out a bigger role. And I think I saw a stat where, like, in the past like 10 years or so, no defensive lineman had played more than like 78% of the team snaps over the year. Wise is up 82. Like they've really sort of Crazy. carved out a like big role for him. They used to rely on scheme and rotation for generated pass rush. Like they if they found a guy that could win one-on-ones, that's great. Fantastic to have him. Once it's time for a new contract, you're going somewhere else. Chandler Jones, Trey flowers. Like mm-hmm. that, that was it. You know, they went out and they got you on. Now they have wise that gives him a bit more, of a one-two tandem of guys that can actually win some one-on-ones and they don't have to scheme it up. They don't have to pressure it up. They don't have to disguise it. It's just, they can sometimes feel comfortable that we can rush for One of those guys will get home, which is something they sort of haven't had in a while with a pair of guys that can do that. But yeah, I mean, traditionally, pass rushers in New England, it's where they go to die. Like they try to scheme it up. And Belichick, you know, pass rush versus coverage debate that we see every summer that people yell about, he wants to have both somehow. And if he has to yeah. get it through pressure, then that's what he'll do up front to get pressure on the opposing quarterback and then play somebody, some man coverage behind it.
1: Christian Barmore also been fun. He was a guy who, it wasn't necessarily there consistently at Alabama, but you could see the flashes of it. I, I, and it just, it just screamed
2: Belich- chick, Belichick yeah. pick too. Like it just, I remember telling people like, they'll get a draft him in the first round, I bet. Yeah. If they don't draft a quarterback and then, you know, they did what they did. So they traded up for him. But yeah, it just, that just screamed Belichick pick from day one.
1: So I'm a little worried about the pressure and stuff like that. And yeah, it's not like Green Bay scored a ton of points in any of the games. Honestly. Right. I mean, I know, I know they beat Chicago down pretty good, but it's not like, mean, I mean,
2: you had the turnover near the goal line against Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. You know, so I think that sort of impacted it. I mean, watching that game, like bowls threw some, I remember, I actually ended up writing about it and I included it in there, Justice. But that blitz you found, that was dialed up, just insane.
1: That's the most nuts. I mean, he's showing pressure completely from one side, totally bails out, and then sends everyone else from the sends other direction. The other
2: side. Yeah.
1: And Rodgers, like, checks into it because he sees, I mean, it's reading. it's reading body language, right? He sees, yeah. you know, he's given the snap and he sees one of the linebackers start creeping out. And then he's like, you know what? I'm changing the protection away from where you're showing the blitz you yeah like oh because he brought my real sure the tight end
2: in is- like because he saw that i you know and I, he brings the tight end in and then it all changes like completely different just balls threw a bunch of crazy stuff at him in that game yeah. and early he was beating it and yeah. then you had the big shot play the slot fade where they were trying they just didn't get it blocked up but he was able to beat it that way but yeah, I don't know if New England's going to be that creative. I mean, Bulls has always sort of been so almost diabolical in dialing stuff up for Rodgers. I don't know if Belichick and Mayo and Belichick Jr. are going to be that creative, but they might be. Who knows?
1: Yeah, and the other thing, too, is they have the horses to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, LaFleur even talked about it after the game. He was like – "Cause or not after the game. I think it was this week. Someone asked him about that blitz, and he was like, yeah, we've seen crazy stuff before. That was pretty crazy. Most people don't have the team speed to do that. <laughs> He's like yeah, thankfully that's a good most people I mean, can't that's do a that stuff. Very good defense. And when
2: you've got, you know, White and David who can mug over the B and C gaps and then get to their, you know, hook zones underneath, drop it off like that. That's fun yeah. to play with.
1: This is the uh if you if you aren't following along, I'll put this in the post um for the podcast at AP, on ABC. Um but it's it's the throw that Rodgers made to uh, Robert Tunyon, where Tunyon like dove over the first down line. Um, let's get into predictions then. Feel like we touched this this from all angles. I feel pretty good about Green Bay winning. I'm rooting against. I'm actively rooting against injuries first and foremost in this game. But I feel like New England, Bill Belichick the way this offense has looked like I feel like there's still a little bit of trap game in here. I feel like yeah. trap game is, is still present.
2: Right. I mean, I'm curious to see what the final number is. I mean, it's a big number right now. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I might take the points here. I'm kind of leaning that way just because New England will find a way to sort of grind this out, especially if Hoyer goes, like it might be like a limited possession game, you know, so green Bay will score. And I, I don't, I'm not sort of thinking that green Bay is going to lose this game or anything like that, but it does sort of feel like that game where like new England's going to find a way to sort of turn it into a rock fight. And it ends up being like a 21 14 kind of, you know, rock fight situation that green Bay wins and you never feel like it's in doubt, but it's not going to be like a blowout situation.
1: Yeah. I definitely was more confident in beating the bears on Sunday night after the loss in week one, this and is I incredible.
2: The, just, just snip this moment, Justice, because this encapsulates right there the downfall when the legendary quarterback leaves. Right? <laughs> like that, that's where the Patriots are right now, where you kind of put them on, on the same playing field in a sense with the Bears and what yeah. we have seen from Chicago this year. Tough scene. It's a tough scene, man. Tough times. Yeah. Tough scene.
1: It's coming. The light at the end of, end of the tunnel is coming. But yeah. thankfully, our light at the end of the tunnel is not i'm ex- super excited you got the sp nation job um go ahead and plug all your stuff let people know where you're writing all that where to find you it's, on twitter it's,
2: it's all at SBNation.com. It's, yeah, it's easy. it used to be it used to be you know i was writing here and here and here and here and here and i would forget and somebody would yell at me it's all at spnation.com. i am just overjoyed jp acosta he was a rock star um mm-hmm. he was on with me to kimes today like yep JP is is already the flagship of the network, but um, I'm excited that we're co-workers now, man. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, can't complain. You can watch yeah, more uh, Wyoming, you watch more, more stuff. try mean, to get Mountain the, West
2: uh, basketball in the late hours. Yeah, try to get
1: the, try to get the site to uh, comp comp. Uh, you know, a couple of trips to Mobile, and just, we need to send to the whole crew down. And yep,
2: and and look, executive producer Michael Kiss. Will take care of us all when we're down there.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Drinks, drinks on, uh, drinks on, kissed, drinks on, kissed. (laughs) All right, take care, man. You too, buddy.